What's up, BYU Radio friends? Spencer Linton and Dave McCann here on the latest BYU Sports Nation. We discuss our feelings towards BYU football's chances and game against Oklahoma on Saturday and who we expect to start a quarterback for BYU. On the next episode, we talk with Jimmer Fredette about qualifying for the Olympics and what he's seen from BYU hoops so far this season. Listen on demand, Google BYU Sports Station podcast, or tune in live at noon Eastern for BYUSN here on BYU Radio. Next on BYUSN, head football coach Kalani Satake says he's, quote, excited for Saturday's game against 17th-ranked Oklahoma. We'll discuss how all of us are feeling before Saturday's game. Plus, we'll break down where BYU's defense can immediately be better and what is most fixable with former Cougar standout Harvey Lange. It's Top 5 Tuesday. We're looking at the top five BYU plays against Oklahoma. Cougars are 2-0 against the Sooners. And men's volleyball coach Sean Olmstead is in studio to reveal the Cougars' 2024 schedule. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, November 14th. I am Spencer Linton, and he is a man otherwise known as the breakfast marketing guru, Dave McCann. I am not a professional foodie, but I did share a limo with Wolfgang Puck once in New York. Wow. So that qualifies me a little bit. Uh, so we got this 10 a.m. football game. Okay. Our game day starts at 8 a.m. So I'm thinking the hot dogs and the nachos, you move those aside. Eggs Benedict. And food service comes in <laughs> and goes pancakes, bacon, eggs, maybe a, maybe a cereal bar in the, okay. in the first quarter. We've got to change the, you know, they do breakfast at Wimbledon. We need breakfast with the Cougs. Okay. And uh, change the mindset and pretend like nothing's ever happened before. And then take the field and play like, you know, they say uh, you, a, a great start to a day is a great breakfast. Yeah, let's, let's start with that because the game could be over by lunch. So oh. breakfast with the Cougs and then uh, let's get in there. Hot dogs, that's maybe for another day. Let's hope it's competitive into the lunch hour. Yes. All right? Yeah. Okay. How about a, a competitive lunch hour, a success, and then a nap? <laughs> Before we do the men's basketball game yes. that night. All after eating a cougar tail with bacon on top of it. Okay, can we get that as part of the breakfast menu Listen, as well? I'll be honest. I wish they'd just bring the chocolate back and leave the others out. Really? Yeah. That's how outside I'm of the box maple I'm guy? thinking on that. No. Right. I will never bite into a maple bar. What? At all. However, I will eat a chocolate one like I did the other day. <laughs> I wish they'd just do both, but for some reason, they're just stuck on the maple. Man has spoken. I, I compared it to Royal and Navy. You can, you can have both, right? Yeah, yeah. You can have both. They both go great. <laughs> you, can, you can have both. Throw some chocolate milk in there. You got a hat yeah. trick. All rise and shout. I'm starving. Let's get to what's trending. This ties for the end zone. He's got it. Retzloff again is going to get sacked. Retzloff throws. That's a touchdown. Oh, it's a quarterback quandary of sorts. What's Trending is sponsored by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. We'll get to the quarterbacks in just a moment, Dave. But first and foremost, we need to go back to the most quotable thing from Kalani Satake's press conference yesterday. When he was asked how he's feeling heading into Oklahoma week after that debacle against Iowa State, here's what the head football coach said. New week, uh, so going to our next game and then uh, looking forward to our the game this weekend and obviously last weekend didn't go the way we wanted it to but um, I think we're after watching the film and seeing where we're at uh, have uh, a lot of excitement for what we can get done this week okay Kalani chooses the word 
excitement for what BYU can get done this week. Because he uses that word, got us thinking, all right, how are all of uh, the rest of us feeling about this game against Oklahoma where BYU is a 24-and-a-half-point home underdog right now? So how would you express your emotions and feelings leading into this game given what we've seen the last three weeks? Well, listening to the coach, uh, and again, listening to it this morning, I, I, I think that Timberly told him, you go down there and you say something nice. <laughs> and so, so this, is, this is Kalani's way of saying, uh, I'm not giving up on these guys, and I need these guys to not give up on themselves. And so he's excited to just, you know, hey, it's Oklahoma. They've never been here before. This is one of the big fish in the pond coming in. And, uh, and I think it's all about, guys, it doesn't matter what happened Saturday. What matters is, is this Saturday. Sure. That being said, um, you know, I've been researching them for AFR, the Sooners for AFR tonight, and uh, man. They're number one in all the categories you don't want your opponent to be number one in. Uh, especially They're number on one offense. in many categories that BYU is near dead last in on yeah, offense, yeah. right? So you look at that and you go right back to that line from Jaws where you go, hey, we're going to need a bigger boat as, as you see them swim by. But uh, they're two and two on, uh, uh, in, away from home. Yeah. And um, they can be vulnerable at times. You know, UCF took them to the limit. They looked a little bit uh, mediocre against even at Cincinnati. Right, right. And they're Different gonna, team on the road. They're coming in here. They're going to feel like uh, this is also the earliest game for them since 2002. Um, but BYU's just put up so little of a fight the last three weeks. I think that's where Cougar Nation is, is thinking, just show me some. Just punch back. Punch back a little bit. Show us you can counterpunch and stay in the fight longer than the first round. Um, and I think... I think that's kind of where the mindset of Cougar Nation is, um, where the coach has got to go, no, we're going, we're coming in, guns are blazing, and we got a chance to shock the country. You do have a chance to steal the headline of the day. These guys think they are still going to the Big 12 championship, or at least they have a shot at it. Um, they're 14th in the country, and BYU's on ESPN again, a chance to make some noise. But, man, I think Cougar Nation's nervous. Certainly. Uh, nervous is a fair word, I think. The word that first popped into my mind was hesitant. I, I'm not really sure what to expect from BYU because of the trend that we've seen over the last three weeks. But you have to consider the emotions of senior day. And yeah. it's they know now, every one of the players that I interviewed in the postgame talked specifically about getting to six wins. Six wins is still very, very important for us, especially for the seniors. How incredible would it be to do something that basically nobody expects you to do as a 24-and-a-half-point underdog to upset Oklahoma to get win number six and do so on senior day in front of a national audience? Hey. I mean, all of that stuff, like that alone, like you set the table right there and you're like, okay, I can see why people would be excited. Yeah. It's Oklahoma in Provo on senior day and you have a chance – to, again, do something to, to right the ship immediately and get to a bowl game in your first Power 5 season. But BYU has shown us who they are over 10 weeks. Yeah. Dave, for, in order for BYU to beat Oklahoma, to me, one simple thing has to happen. Okay? And, and if it happens, you better believe I'm at the front of the line saying, I'm very excited. <laughs> okay? I'm, I'm excited to hear okay. what this is. That is, you have to be at least plus two in the turnover margin. Yeah. For BYU to have any shot to beat Oklahoma, because they've shown us in the five wins that they've had, plus 12 in the turnover margin, five losses, minus eight. 
You gotta beat Oklahoma in the turnover battle, probably by two to have any type of shot. And if BYU can't do that, then I'm feeling significant trepidation because that Oklahoma offense is a high-powered machine. And the Cougars, when they have won games, they've been opportunistic after they have turned teams over. That This is the way for BYU. Got to make Dylan Gabriel uncomfortable. Yes. He's the best quarterback in the country as far as starts and touchdown passes over the course of his career. Certainly the best quarterback in the Big 12 and all the statistics we were talking about. But if you can get some pressure on him, rattle him early, he's capable of making mistakes because he's a human being. Now, they don't make a lot, and when they do make mistakes, they make up for it in other ways. When BYU makes mistakes, it just compounds and it gets worse. Um, it's and off so the rails. It's snowball effect. They really got to do better in all the things that they're not doing well in to have a chance on Saturday. But there's been crazy games in the league all year long. Every dog has his day. And is this an upset opportunity? Of course it is because you got two teams on the field playing football. And one team happens to be the home team. And it is at an early hour. We don't, you know, we don't know how that's going to affect the guys. But um, it can affect them worse than their performance in the late hours last Saturday night. So why not start the day with some football and see what happens. But there's always that chance for an upset. BYU didn't get much, much of a chance when they beat Oklahoma in Dallas um, when the Sooners were number three. Sure. But BYU had Max Hall and Dennis Pitta and Harvey Unga who were playing at a high level. Um, where are these guys? Yes. Who's going to play at the high level to give them a fighting chance on Saturday? Is it is it going to be the quarterback? Well, then which quarterback? That's a great question, which is going to lead us into topic two in a second, but not before we get to our question of the day, which is which word would you use to describe your feelings for Saturday's game against Oklahoma? Lindsey Campbell is the first to chime in on Facebook. She says, excited. She joins Kalani. Excited to go cheer on the Cougs. I have seen two BYU-Oklahoma games in person. So she was at the Copper Bowl in 1994 nice. and in Jerry's World in 2009. She said, BYU's won them both. I'm not optimistic, but enthused. Cheering on the Cougs and saying thanks to the departing seniors. Go Cougs. Dave, I cannot emphasize how important it is for BYU to have at least a decent start. Yeah. Is it any surprise that not only have turnovers factored into the two games that BYU has won in the Big 12, but think about the two games that BYU actually started the game well. Uh, they had a pick six against Cincinnati to start the scoring. Very exciting, even though the rest of the half was kind of a dud until right before halftime. But still, decent start. And then you got a great start against Texas Tech. BYU won both those games. Yeah. They've had bad starts and all five losses. I wrote an article in the paper, uh, to the, way to beat, the way to beat Mike Tyson in his glory was to get him in the later rounds, and that gave you a chance. Most were destroyed in the first three rounds. Evander Holyfield, Lennox Lewis, a couple other guys got him in the later rounds and beat him. You got to hang around early. Oklahoma's the Mike Tyson in his prime of the Big 12 coming in here. You got to get in the fourth quarter with a chance, and then you have a chance. And then you land an uppercut, all of a sudden it's your day. But don't get knocked out in the first round. Exactly. Come on. Now, and to your previous question, who the heck is going to help BYU at quarterback try and get into those latter rounds? Kalani Sataki was asked about the health of Keaton Slovis and if he would start against Oklahoma if healthy. Here's what he said. Practice last week. Um, he's still banged up, not 100% yet. Last week, and uh, we felt like Jake gave us the best, better, better chance. This week, we'll kind of see what it looks like um, this week and, and let you know. I mean, that's uh, I, I, I'm not I'm not in uh, Keaton's body, but I can tell you that if. If he's ready to go and if he's full strength, then, then he's, he's our guy usually. 
Okay, so then on coordinator's corner, the offensive coordinator, Aaron Roderick, was asked the same question, and here's his response. Eden is progressing. Um, he's not fully healthy yet, though, so um, not sure exactly what his status will be as of yet, but uh, he's, I, know, I know for sure he's not 100%. Okay, so right now Jake's preparing as if it's his job for the foreseeable future. I would, I would expect that, yes. Okay. All Some right. conflicting messages there. A little bit there. For sure. If I'm Keaton, I want to hear that if I'm healthy, it was my job, and then I got hurt, I get my job back. Um, and the person replacing me is not outperforming me. Um, and so if healthy, Keaton should get the start. That, I, I think that. I'm sure Keaton thinks that. And it sounds like Kalani says, at least to the media, Aaron Roderick, not so much. Yeah, interesting uh, messaging there. Uh, I, I know that they're. I know why they're saying what they're saying about Keaton because they, if, if he's not healthy, they don't want to like establish a precedent where it's like, well, you're sixty percent, you're going out there, yeah. like figure it out. But I, I am inclined to believe that because this is Senior Day, Dave, this is the last home football game that Keaton Slovis is ever going to play in his college career against Oklahoma. Yeah. I feel like he's going to talk his way into somehow playing at least some of this game on Saturday. And frankly, I hope it's, he's healthy enough to start. And we're kidding ourselves if we think that Keaton, in fact, I can tell you with a surety that since the Kansas game, really, he hasn't been 100%. Mm -hmm. Keaton has played partially hurt since the Kansas game and still figured out a way to win a few games against Cincinnati and Texas Tech after that. He was the BYU quarterback that got the Cougars to a 5-2 record. Yeah. He did enough. He threw some dimes, threw some nice touchdown passes. Yes, I know that there was no run game, and he doesn't run around like Jake Retzlaff, but he's still the quarterback that got BYU to 5-2. and two. And fans go, hey, where was the deep ball? Where's the attacking over the middle? Those play calls were different for Slovis because Slovis was hurt, and none of us knew that. He has been banged up so, for a while but can he get healthy enough, yeah. you know, whether it's shoulder stuff, elbow stuff? It, he wanted to play last week. I know for a fact he was upset that he was not right, you were on the sideline. chosen to play quarterback in the last game. He understands, but he's not happy about it. Right. No, he, should he be? He feels like, look, I'm hurt, whatever, I'm ready to go. Like, Keaton Slovis would play today. I respect that. He's a great leader. I love that mentality. I feel like he gives even at 80 to 85%, if we can, like, however you want to quantify, like, how healthy that is, I feel like at that percentage, he would still give BYU the best chance to beat Oklahoma because he can at least stretch the field. Yeah, and he's seen defenses like this before, and he's felt the pressure like this before, and Jake hasn't. You know, Jake may have all the talent in the world and may be one of the greats at BYU down the road, um, but, but he hasn't been through two games, which isn't a surprise because he's coming from junior college into the fire, um, and now he's got Oklahoma coming in. And, uh, you know, when he backs up to pass and here come the Sooners, um, the reservoir in his mind of information and experience is so different from the reservoir in Keaton Slovis' mind. Naturally. Uh, because of everything you just said. Um, and I just haven't seen anything from Jake yet that goes, we're running the offense. Uh, he has moments or a couple of drives in the game, but... But there were plays like this where your checkdowns are open, and we'll break down all of this on AFR. And, and uh, hey, this is a young kid trying to 
grow up really, really fast in a, in a P5 league, and um, this is what you get. That there aren't supermen. That they're real live guys that have got to go through the, the grind to get the experience. You just can't skip that step, yeah. although we'd like them to skip that step because BYU needs a win to get bowl eligible, even though they're not playing anywhere near a bowl eligible team. Yeah. Listen, I'm not above rolling Keaton Slovis out there. And if it's not going well after three or four drives, and he's clearly impacted, and it's like, okay, we tried. It's senior day. He said he was healthy enough. He doesn't look the part. It's okay. Or he gets hit, and it's like, it's clearly not his day again. And, and Keaton has made some bad mistakes, too. He's been a part of some of these bad starts on the road for sure at TCU, at Texas. He's, he knows that. But still, because of the experience and how much more high-level football he has played against top-tier competition, I, I'm inclined to say, go out there. You're 80%. Go out there. We'll see what happens. If it's looking terrible after three or four drives, okay. We gave it a go. Then we're going to put Jake in, and we're going to try and run him around a little bit and just see what happens. But And the key for everyone else is to play better so it's not all on Jake or Keaton to contend with notably the offensive block for him yes maybe open some running lanes catch the ball those kind of things to help the quarterback no matter who it is feel like the the world isn't on his shoulders because it's going to be a full stadium and and there's anxiety already you go three and out a couple of times it's going to be a weird mood over there yeah especially if Oklahoma is scoring on their first two drives and again you're down 14 to nothing yeah and you're halfway through the first quarter and everybody in the stands is thinking here we go again right Right? That is what BYU is trying everything in their power to avoid is that early knockout punch. And it should be a long time till August 31st when we're back in that stadium watching another football game. This is it. Got to enjoy Saturday. Got to make Saturday good. <sighs> Amen to all of that. All right, our two for Tuesday question of the day is this. If you're new to the program, on Tuesdays we ask two questions of the day. You can answer A lot of both. people eat tacos. We ask two questions. <laughs> Maybe we should implement both of those. <laughs> Eat tacos while we ask the second question. If both quarterbacks for BYU are healthy, and you can define healthy however you want, if Keaton Slovis is healthy enough to play, who would you start or who should BYU start at QB against Oklahoma? Hunter Thom underscore on Instagram answers, the reason why BYU's won five games is because of Keaton Slovis. I need to remind everyone that after BYU beat Texas Tech, all of the commentary on social media was, you know, Keaton Slovis has been taking the brunt of this, but Aaron Rodgers figuring out how to use, use him in the offense, and he's been fantastic. He hasn't turned the ball over a ton. Like, he's done his part, and BYU's 5-2. and two. And so I was like, yeah. And then all of a sudden he goes on the road at Texas, and BYU loses big, and they're like, oh, it's time to try Jake Retzloff. Yeah. And he was hurt. He was, he was not feeling good. It's, it's so funny how the, the ebb and flow of this happens, and now people are kind of back on the, oh, wait, yeah, you know, actually that was kind of, it seemed like that was kind of decent. You know? yeah. Maybe we should try Those that older again. older guys have some stuff. It, it's very interesting. Anyway, continues. I like Retzloff's running ability, but he lacks experience, to your point, Dave. BYU needs Slovis to have a chance. I, I would, I'm expecting to probably see both quarterbacks on Saturday. Yeah, in a good way. Yeah. Let's hope we see him in a good way. I would love that. As opposed to the other way. But it adds some intrigue for sure. And it's Oklahoma in town for the first time ever. Um, it's going to be a big day. Hashtag BYUS on X, Facebook, and Instagram to answer either of our two for Tuesday questions of the day. Basketball back at the Marriott Center tonight. 
BYU women hosting Utah Valley. Coverage starts at 9 Eastern with Spencer and Kristen Kozlowski on the call on Big 12 Now on ESPN+. Cougars are 2-0 in the young season. And you know what they like to do? Shoot the three. Yeah. Can they lead by 25 again in the first quarter? They've done that in both of the first two I games challenge, I challenge you to pull that <laughs> off. Up next, former BYU and NFL Defensive star Harvey Longy joins us in Studio B. What does he think is the most fixable element for the BYU defense heading into the Oklahoma game? This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Really big hit by Tyler Batty. How in the world did he catch that? We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day -day BYU Sports play-by-play. -play. Spencer Linton and Dave McCann here. We've moved the conversation over to the Cougar Council Room. We welcome in former BYU defensive great and an NFL veteran, Harvey Longy is with us. Harv, good to have you back on the show. This is the Cougar yeah. Council Room? It is. That's, that's nice. great. It's you like right group with therapy. You all, you yeah, all right it sounds fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad to be in it. Let's counsel then. Let's, let's, let us counsel, <laughs> yeah, let us good counsel. brother. Yeah, let's start <laughs> about with BYU football. <laughs> Join us as we counsel. <laughs> let's start with the counseling. What went wrong for the defense against Iowa State? Can you pin it down to one or two things? I'm not disappointed in in the heart of of the team and how hard they try. I'm more disappointed in fundamentals and starting fast. Yeah. You know, fundamentals, the ball is the most important thing in the game, 100%. Defense, offense, special teams, that is the most important thing. And the fundamentals of running with the ball, ball security, job security, and ball takeaways are, are paydays. So takeaways, paydays, job security, I mean, ball security, job security. Fundamental, tackling, fundamental, blocking, fundamental. Um, you know, these fundamental things is what I'm most disappointed in. And I think that needs to be something that they need to just take more time into. Yeah. Fundamentals. If you start a game off like that, it just kills everything. And takeaways as a defense, we all understand what wins games is. If we can take that ball, one, two, you know, we all understand the, the percentages. I, I forget, I don't have them at the top of my, my head right now, but even one takeaway. You know, and, and then taking the ball on, on special teams, that is, you know, everyone's licking their chops now because they're like, hey, the will is almost taken. We've taken the will. I mean, we're halfway now. Get one on special teams, we're like three-fourths. All we have to do now is maybe get one more, maybe get a couple of three, three and outs, and their will is taken. You know, mm -hmm. as, a as a defender, we're talking about taking the other person's will. Takeaways just do that so quick. And we saw Iowa State do that to BYU's will in the first two plays. In a game, hurry. Right? Yeah, in a one hurry. One possession. One play, two turnovers. That's how we started the game. One play on offense, two turnovers. They're up 10-zip. To BYU's credit, they put together a drive. They make it 10-7. Right. And, and people forget, BYU's defense got a stop after that. Yep. They got the ball back down 10-7. Yeah. But then it just never seemed to get going again. And then the explosive plays began for Iowa State, Harvey. And that, I think that's what you're saying about the fundamentals. Like When the fundamentals go away and guys are trying to make a hero play and you're pressing, that's when those explosive plays tend to happen. Yeah. And I hope that they take these next couple of weeks and focus practice on just going back to the basics. Yeah, we have injuries. Yeah, we have a you know, situation at quarterback. There's a lot of situation, but that's ball. And why do we have over 100 guys on the rosters? Because if 
and when somebody goes down, the next guy's ready to go. And if all of them are up to date, I mean, up, you know, to par with fundamentals, then no one is going to be nervous, scared, because they know that they crafted in, sure. in their job and knowing that, hey, if it is press, if it is tackling, if it is blocking, I'm going to do that 111. Playing complementary football, we haven't done that in a long, long time. You know, when does the, the kickoff return, you know, um, the offense complements the defense and then the special teams complements the offense. It's been a long time since we've seen that yeah. here. At really, since the first half yeah. of the Texas Tech game. Right. And we being, need that. We need honest. that back. So you got three days to get ready for Oklahoma, right? Practice today, tomorrow, Thursday, Friday is usually a light day. And then the Sooners are here Saturday morning. What can you get done in three days to make a difference? <sighs> we've talked about fundamentals. Yeah. But as a, de as a defensive guy, of course, everyone's focused on the offense, you know, the offense. But the defense has had a lot of injuries from um, the back end with the DBs all the way to the trenches. Or let's start at the trenches because we always start at the sure. trenches. All sure. the way to the DBs. Three notable defensive linemen were out last game. Gone. And if, if it was me and I had three days, guess what? I'm going to try my best to get our defense to make Oklahoma one-dimensional. And even if you have to take the bullet on deep balls or a couple of passes, guess what? You're not going to give the ball to Gavin Shawick. Shawick. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to give the ball to him for 100-plus yards. We're going to at least stop one. And I would, more, I would focus on, hey, let's take some pride in stopping the run, all right? Let's have a lot of fun at senior night. Let's stop this run. If we stop this run, it's going to be a, um, a success for us. That's that would be my mindset. Okay. Make, it, make them one to circle the run. So yeah. take away one thing. One thing. In this instance, maybe the Oklahoma run game. One hundred percent. As much as you can. Even you know, of course, the quarterback's a he's a playmaker. Uh, playmaker. He has wide receivers that are playmakers. It would be obvious to say stop the pass, but we all understand if you stop the run, a lot of things go wrong on the offensive side. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so you've essentially addressed what you believe is the most fixable element, at least on the defensive Simple. side, okay? Yeah. Simple things. Try and take away one thing. We have to line up in 5D linemen and two linebackers right Seven there. Seven in the box consistently. Let our DBs eat and just play their man-to-man. -man. If we have to do that, that would be my mentality. It's like, hey, we do not have a, a – a, we're not playing – the way that we play BYU football, and we're not giving anything towards. If you look at the past couple games, the offense has been playing the same. The numbers are the same all the way until now. Wins and losses all season long, Hardy. And, you know, okay, the wins and losses have been a little bit different these past couple weeks, but statistically, with, you know, Jake in there, passing yards, all it's pretty much the Essentially same. Essentially a wash. But with all the defensive injuries, the guys up next, you need to understand that, hey, we take pride here. And guess what we're going to take pride in? We're not going to tell you to cover the third and look down at the flat and play ball. Or, you know, we're not going to tell you to do that. Guess what we're going to tell you? If that dude has the ball and he's running the ball, we're stopping that. How about that? And then when we stop that, then we can go from there. Because there's a lot of young guys in right now. I was looking at the games that, uh, that you played in uh, when you were here. Michigan in Ann Arbor, uh, maybe the biggest name. Um, Oklahoma's never been here to Provo, but Miami has, Penn State has, Notre Dame has, um, uh, and, and BYU beat them here uh, as underdogs. Here comes another underdog. When you take the field and you look over and you see an Oklahoma helmet or a Michigan helmet, um, what does that do to a player? Does it motivate you, or is it intimidating, or is it 
oh man, Oklahoma's been so good my whole life, and now they're here on the field, and I got to guard this guy. What, what's it like for the player? If I can sum in one word, I'm thinking opportunity. And when I look over and I see, wow, it's Oklahoma, it's these, you know, the the past of of greats have come through this school. Guess what? There's a lot of greats that have come through our school. Yeah. What an opportunity for me to just go out there and show that I can compete with y'all. Um, what an opportunity for me to show that, hey, just like you, you had, you know, 30, 40 hours to prepare. Guess what? I put 60 hours to prepare. So let's line up and see. And that was the greatest. Those are the greatest moments in football when you know, hey, all of us know what to do. We're running cover two. All right. It's cover two. You know what to do. You know what to do. Boom. They get six yards. All right. Let's see if they can go 80. You know, and that opportunity type feel when I when I look at another logo, it's more of just like what an opportunity for me to show, hey, someone's going to remember, the, you know, Harvey Longy at least or BYU. Um, the way that I prepared to come out and play against them. All right, BYU, 24-and-a-half-point underdog, as Dave was alluding to. It's senior day, your home. Bowl eligibility is on the line in the final two weeks, and ESPN's Football Power Index currently gives BYU a 22% chance to win one of the final two games against the Oklahoma schools. So, Harvey, where do you stand on BYU's chance to get bowl eligible and and – Feeling like you're up against it. Like it's, it's now or never. How do you feel about their chances? I feel great. And why is because we have, we have these last two games to go out there and to have an opportunity to, to be bowl eligible. But to see how they respond to adversity these past couple weeks, um, we've responded pretty well after the, the last um, loss against um, TCU. We responded pretty well. Against Texas Tech, yes. yeah. And to see how they respond now, this is going to be a great opportunity for them and for us to know what kind of team we're going to have here. You know, you can speak about, you know, the coaching staff, the players and all that. Guess what? Let's see how, how we go out there this Saturday, senior day, you know, the at home, early. Guys have to come to our, to the mountains, you know, Sometimes it's people say, hey, don't look at, you know, you can't underestimate them because you play down to them or you play up to them. Let's, you know, we don't have to play up to anybody. Right now we need to go in there and let's see what kind of team we have going into next year. So for me, I'm 100% optimistic. Um, we have two chances. I'm going to take those two chances of one of them being a dub and going to the bowl game. All right. All right. I feel better than you. Feel, he feels great. You feel motivated now? Yeah, Harvey yeah. feels great. Harvey's adequately feel motivated better. us. Yeah. Come on, y'all. Nice job, you know? Harvey. Hey, great to have you with us, man. We appreciate yeah. you calling it out simply and putting in real talk. Yeah, super, super grateful to be here. BYU, we're here. Come on, let's go. Let's go. The great Everybody. Harvey Longy, ready for the game on Saturday morning. Hey, we invite you to join us tonight for After Further Review. We'll break down what happened against Iowa State, what worked, what didn't. We'll show you why. Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, myself. We'll also look ahead to Saturday's game against the Sooners. We hope to see you 7 Eastern time tonight on the BYU TV app. Hey, speaking of bowl games, would you take any bowl game right now for BYU, even against Utah State? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
Harvey Long, he's still talking here. He is fired up, ready for the football He's ready game. for BYU to win a game and get bowl eligible. Good to have him here. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day. Facebook, X, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. I think I covered them all. Yeah, you got them all. We're everywhere. You got them all. The show continues in Studio B. I am Spencer. He is Dave. Let's go fast and furious, up-tempo for headlines. BYU football, the day off yesterday due to NCAA-required civic engagement day within 15 days of Election Day. They return to practice today. Number 7, 14, Oklahoma is here Saturday. Pre-game coverage starts at 10 a.m. on BYU TV and BYU Radio. BYU women's basketball hosting Utah Valley tonight as Amber Whiting and the Cougars work to start the season 3-0. I'll be on the call with Kristen Kozlowski for coverage starting at 9 Eastern. Big 12 now on ESPN+. Women's volleyball falls one spot in the ABCA poll to 13. They go on the road, they sweep Central Florida, and they drop a spot. Cougars host number 17, Kansas. Senior night, Friday, Smithfield House, ESPN+. They probably got to win out to host an NCAA tournament match or two in the Smithfield House. Let's do it. And BYU Swim and Dive announcing the hiring of Hayden Palmer as an assistant coach. Palmer swam at BYU from 2009 to 2015. Those are today's headlines. Now let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Marist, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Men's Hoop, seven spots out of the AP Top 25, one spot behind San Diego State, who they beat on Friday. Will BYU be ranked at some point this season? You know what, Dave? If they continue, like, if you can go 11-2 in non-conference play and pick up a big win in Las Vegas when they go down to that multi-team event, maybe. But it's probably going to take, like, a 7-0 start or an 8-0 start for BYU to get ranked. You're getting a lot of mileage, Heather. Beat the San Diego State game, yes. Sure. Maybe. It'd probably take a 7-0 start, though. Yeah, I agree. Big game boomer. He's back. Has BYU playing, get this, Utah State in the Cure Bowl in his bowl game projections. Would you take a bowl game against Utah State right now? Yeah. And we need a cure for what ails us. <laughs> so the Cure Bowl against whoever, my kids who got me this sweatshirt, are all Aggies. They'd love that. The Aggies are actually playing pretty good. I'm desperate for any bowl game. I'll listen, I'll happily even fly to Shreveport right now again. What do you just to, just to get into a bowl game? What do you expect from the women tonight taking on UVU? Well, you're gonna call. They just beat up on Weber State, did BYU, and Weber State lost by one point to Utah Valley. I expect a 14 to 16 point win by BYU women's hoops against Utah Valley. We're gonna hold you to that. Tonight's a rare double dose of the BYU coaches shows with Kalani Sataki and Mark Pope for one night only, 8.30 Eastern time on the BYU TV app. Think of it as a double scoop of ice cream Ooh. on a nice cone with two of your favorite flavors. That's tonight. Graham Canyon and LaVille, Lavelle's Vanilla, yeah? Okay. okay, after the break, we'll give you a look at the 2024 BYU men's volleyball schedule, the reveal with head coach Sean Olmstead. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B alongside Dave McCann. I'm Spencer Linton. It's time for the BYU men's volleyball schedule reveal. And to help us do so, we bring in the head coach. Sean Olmstead, rocking some BYU golf gear now. Yeah, now Bruce is uh, one of my best friends down there. And so 
Um, I just wanted a nice, clean sweatshirt, and maybe I didn't take <laughs> note that it was, but but it looks good. It, it looks great. good for sure. Goes with a hat. Yes, yes, Absolutely. perfect, That's perfect. That's the swaggiest swag. Yes, You're almost as good it? as the sweater, but we're good. It's old school over here. <laughs> really good. All right, let's go ahead and walk through the schedule and get right to it. Uh, by yeah. the way, every home game will air live on BYU TV. You are the BYU TV team. We Sean? are here. We are here. You are, you You're, are welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank You're welcome. You. We thank you. You're <laughs> welcome. In the flesh. Here for the fans. Okay, let's go ahead and roll out the schedule. Uh, a road trip palooza, if you will, to begin for BYU men's volleyball against Ball State at Loyola Chicago and at Lewis, followed by a trip to Santa Barbara and then home finally to Princeton. So as you look at those first five matchups, Sean, hey, you're on the road a lot. How do you feel about that before you come home? Well, uh, we are home against Ball State. Oh. So, you know, oh, JK. Um, I'm helping JK. you. I'm helping you. You're supposed to be the expert here, but that's all right. That's all right. That's a big, big time, uh, actually a really big home opener for us. It's going to be right, I think, the weekend before the students come into town. Ball State is going to be, uh, they're going to be really good. Uh, they were really good last year. We went on the road to their place. They have a great, uh, their coach uh, does a phenomenal job, and he and I have, uh, you know, really had this back and forth that we've enjoyed, both of us, because they, they pull in a great crowd, kind of Muncie, Indiana. They, they, the people come to watch volleyball, and so uh, we're going to open with them this year here at home, and I think that's going to be a big-time matchup, just knowing the, the roster they return and the run they had last year. And so we're excited about that. And then we do, uh, we have a cool little showcase in Chicago where we're going to go with UCLA, and we're going to kind of swap. So we're not going to play UCLA there, but they're going to play uh, Lewis, for example. We're going to be playing Lo Loyola that night. And then they'll go play Loyola. We go play Lewis. So it's kind of these two MPSF teams going out to Chicago. There's going to be, uh, there's going to be an event around that, uh, uh, those matches. And, and so that's pretty exciting. That's and then, a great volleyball community, by the way. Really, really good. And, and Lewis and Loyola to, to host BYU, UCLA. That's going to be really fun. And, um, and then we're going to have some unique, unique opportunities in there uh, where we've got some Monday, Tuesday night matchups here in town. It was really a unique opportunity. And with, uh, with all we're doing with the Big 12 all over the place, right. we're going for those opportunities. We've seen matchups earlier in the week. It'll be kind of a first time for our volleyball fans, but it was just a really good opportunity to, to have Princeton here in town. Great program. Sam does a phenomenal job there. And it just worked out that that was the only time, but they really wanted to play here at the Smith Fieldhouse. So we've got it, and we're going to turn right around and, and play Irvine. And then, like you said, Santa Barbara right before that on the road. Uh, you can't complain about going home to Santa Barbara. Never. I'll never complain about no, that one. Never a bad weather. Day. No, no. And so, uh, and then we are, we've got a, we got a nice home stretch, uh, a lot of matches. So let's put uh, that schedule back up. Sorry. There was a lot to digest there. Yeah. There's some really cool home matches. Of course, UCLA jumps off the page. Yeah. That has all the makings of a magical night at the Smith Fieldhouse. Yeah. hundred um, percent. UCLA is going to be the, the, they're the national championship team uh, last year. Um, and they're pretty much returning their entire lineup, and, and it's UCLA. So it gets to be UCLA, BYU. We've got some fans that have been around since day one that wear the original BYU, you know, beat the Bruins shirt for those matchups. Um, <laughs> and so uh, MPSF is the MPSF. We've got – it's going to be tough. I, I, I think we'll be one of the best volleyball country, uh, conferences in the country, um, uh, similar to what we were last year. We had really, really good competition in the MPSF. And so um, 
just top to bottom, it's a pretty exciting time for us to get going. I saw uh, at Stanford, at Pepperdine, at USC, yeah. which is great news for the Southern California BYU fans. Yeah, and, and we always get a great crowd. Yeah, they always yeah. show up. They always show up, and it's important for me. You know, they'll have two opportunities. Uh, you know, they, they, they show up at Santa Barbara. They show up really, really well when we're down in Irvine, and that's why Irvine and I have such a great relationship. We, we go back and forth with those teams, and that's been – you know, we sort of have one of those agreements for uh, for for eternity. Uh, I don't know. That's that's what we've that's what we've agreed to because it's a great opportunity for us to get back there. And there is so many fans. And so, uh, SC's SC, Pepperdine's Pepperdine. And right. uh, as it relates, as we compare it to the Big Twelve stuff, uh, I can't complain that we've got to go to Malibu and Los Angeles. Uh, uh, you know, back to back here nor and there. Should you. No. Nor, nor should you. No. Complain. I'd like to personally thank you for correcting me there so that I don't end up in Muncie by myself in uh, early well, January wondering yeah, where BYU sad. men's I didn't want to interrupt. Sean, I didn't want to interrupt. Sean, where are you? Roll no. and I, 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 make, I, I make you look bad already <laughs> style-wise and, and in other areas, but I just I, I thought I'd hold my bite my tongue there for a minute and then no, get going. Look, unleash the full. <laughs> hey, what is it, what is it like uh, as the only program on campus that's not in the Big 12 uh, when it feels like you have to wait forever for your season to start because January seems to take forever to get here. But two, there's all that Big 12 stuff and, and you're over here in the MPSF thriving as you have yeah. for years, but different. Yeah, you know, it is different, but um, but it's also not. I mean, the excitement, the, the reality is you guys know the excitement. You guys feel it every day when you go down there into the athletics area, when whether you're watching a practice or an, at an event. And so uh, I think it's been really exciting this fall. You know, look yeah. at the success. At, just look at the teams we've been able to bring in that have been brand new teams coming to Provo. Right. Uh, I mean, we've got football uh, against Oklahoma this weekend. Like, how cool is that? Um, we've had these great soccer matchups against the, the Texas, the TCU. We've had these great volleyball matchups. Yeah. We've got another one this weekend, I think, Kansas. Right. Yes, and so, so it's just been really cool that, uh, to have that opportunity. It's, and so we've just enjoyed the excitement of that. And watching Jen do what she's doing with soccer, like let's go, you know. And uh, watching my sister, what they've done with volleyball, they've 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 had to gut it out, and they're they're doing a great job, all things considered. They, you knew it would be an adjustment, and um, just also, you know, the the fans that have come out football weekends. I've I've been to as many home games as we can get, yeah. taking recruits to those games. It's a wonderful and exciting time. There's energy, there's excitement, and uh, we're going to continue to partake. And then when it's our turn to lace them up, uh, our guys, will, they'll entertain. They'll get after it. And you'll have the place packed. How cool is it to know that, that uh, no matter who it is, once your team comes out of the locker room, the field house is jam-packed for men's volleyball? Yeah, it's, it's pretty exciting. And, and Heather and their program, it's kind of fun because they kind of set the stage. And they've, you know, they've, they've raised the bar. The, the, the fans just enjoy volleyball. They pack that place for them. And then, uh, you know, we kind of, we get to benefit a little uh, from it, um, definitely. But, you know, on that note, our fans are just, it's, it's unreal. It's so cool for me to see them year after year, the, you know, familiar faces, people that care so much, that are passionate. And uh, we can't we can't say thanks enough. We don't get as we don't get enough opportunities to express kind of the gratitude towards the fans and those people that show up night in and night out. Sean Olmstead is with us on BYU Sports Nation, head volleyball coach for the BYU Cougars, and into another MPSF season. You said earlier you feel like it's going to be one of the best 
conferences or federations, if uh -huh, you will. Federations, there you go, yeah. <laughs> in all of men's yes. volleyball. And the tournament, getting into the tournament is always kind of a tricky beast, but do you feel like the conference and the strength of the conference will certainly place multiple teams in the tournament? Or do you feel like that you're in a good position to do that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think the conference, uh, we're going to do, all the teams, are. we saw it last year. Everybody kind of beat up on each other. Um, I was unbelievably proud of our guys and, and uh, forever and ever on, on what they did last year in the conference where they went from coaches picking them to finish second to last yeah. to winning outright the number two seed. Um, and and, and they, they, they held home court. You know, we, we, we went on the road and, and had some, uh, a handful of tough, tough losses, but we saw that every team did. You know, and that's why we, even with those losses, uh, we, were able to, we were able to sneak some wins in on the road and finish in that number two seed. And so no matter, you know, absolutely our conference prepares us for that. And, sure. and um, you know, there's some unique things as it relates to scheduling that I think we can do better as a conference in general. But um, that, that's why we had to we had to kind of squeeze in a few more matches at the front end. Okay. Um, because you got some finals week, some dead weeks uh, with some of the, the schools in our conference at the latter part of the semester that aren't ideal. And those are really, really tough to pick up matches in those weeks because the rest of the country, they're playing, you know, their conferences at the back end. And so they're not going to rarely are they going to open a window and go, hey, yeah, we're midway through our conference, but let's go to Provo and play a match or you guys come right. to our place. So sure. we, we pack in the front end. We try to get a handful of matches and especially in January, we're going to get a bunch. We're going to get more than normal and uh, we got to be able to compete in those. And that'll be good for us because that'll prepare us as well for conference and give a lot of guys opportunities to play. Oh, cannot wait. <laughs> January 5th and 6th, people, is, yes, right, around, is right around the corner. Let's go. Like. Right around the corner. Yes, it is. <laughs> All right, Sean. Uh, we wish you the best luck. Let's give you some karma as you get ready for the season, man. Always. Always. karma. Yeah. It's karma nonetheless. Come yes, on, it, it's karma. Car go. good, it's always Thanks, good. It's part of that karma that got in the number two seed last year. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> Mary Chen will be rocking tomorrow night. BYU in southeastern Louisiana. First time out for the Cougars after knocking off 17th ranked San Diego State. Pre-game coverage starts at 8 Eastern with Jerem, Kristen Kozlowski, and Tyler Hawes. Spencer, Blaine, and I'll have the call at 9 Eastern on Big 12 Now on ESPN+. In the spirit of Oklahoma week, remember how BYU is 2-0 against Oklahoma? Yeah, you bet. They got some great plays against the Sooners. Top 5 Tuesday features the best five plays all time against Oklahoma. That's next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. It's time for Top 5 Tuesday, and with it being Oklahoma week, we're looking back at the top five plays all time against Oklahoma. But we're going to make it six, Dave. We have an honorable mention for our good friend Chad Lewis. Rewind the 1994 Copper Bowl in Arizona. Look at this catch by Chad Lewis. Just stabs it. Atta boy, big 96. That's the start of an All-American career right Indeed. there. Indeed. I love the drop shadow uniforms as well. They look so nice. All right, Dave, take us to number five. Number five. Now we're going old school. We've just played them twice, so this is where we're going. We're going back to 94 in that Copper Bowl. BYU's up 10-0 second quarter. Hema Hemuli down the seam. John Walsh was fantastic Woo. that night. Picks up another 10 yards. Look at him absorb Dana. the contact and stay on his feet. Ugh. 74 yards receiving for this bulldozer. 
<laughs> right here. And I tell you what, Oklahoma had no chance in this game. Oh, 31 to 6. Hema Hemuli <laughs> delivering the blow there. Number four, 2009 season opener at AT&T Stadium. Max Hall finds Brian Correa, who was a pleasant surprise in this game. Short route, 49-yard gain, making all types of defenders miss. The catch and run set up BYU's first touchdown on a pass from Max Hall to Andrew George. Brian Correa, one of the unsung heroes of that game. This whole game was a pleasant surprise. Harvey Unga couldn't play. He wasn't going to play. We found out, and that was Brian Correa. Fortunately, Dennis Pitta did play. Yes. Here's number three. BYU's down 13-7. Three minutes to go. We all remember this. Yes. It's fourth and four. Where's Dennis? Max to Dennis for 23. And now all of a sudden we're going, hey, I think we're going to, we got a shot here. We need a touchdown to beat these guys. That's number three, Hall to Pitta. Well, that play became then a decoy to set up a later play you'll see in this rundown. But number two first, 1994 once again. After Hema Hamilton's big catch that we just showed you, John Walsh, look at the dime he drops to Mike Johnson. I'm not sure about the celebration, <laughs> but the toe tap by Mike Johnston. He might have gotten both feet down before that knee came down. Incredible. Listen, I'd have, I'd have flagged him 15 yards just for his celebration. <laughs> <laughs> Throw the flag. What is that? That's number Incredible two. throw and catch right there. We know number one. We're going to show it to you again. We've seen it over and over in Cougar Lore. Here's Max Hall. They're all paying attention to Dennis. Three minutes to go. McKay Jacobson wide open in the end zone for the touchdown. BYU beats the number three Sooners 14 to 13. Earlier in the game, they knocked Sam Bradford out. That played a big part of it, and the Cougars were tough, and that play lives on forever. Hey, for what it's worth, BYU was also a 20-plus point underdog in this game as well. So you're saying there's a chance. We've seen the movie before. We know how it ends. Hey. Wouldn't that be something? Let's go. Our question of the day. What word would you use to describe your feelings? You look inside. Hey, your feelings for Saturday's game against <laughs> Oklahoma. Our elite voice of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated. Dave, take it away. Jeff Chandler on X, desperation. <laughs> BYU needs the type of effort that shows a team hungry and desperate for a win. That's how you pull off an upset. That is true. That's how you pull off an upset. Yes. All right. To quote Jim Carrey from uh, Liar Liar, I'm a fool at the end of his desperate rope. <laughs> Let's go. Today's Rise of Shadow presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Let's go back to Mike Johnston, He's earned we? it. He's earned okay. it today. A great catch. We just showed it to you. Um, the celebration, <laughs> I, can't, I just can't get over the What do you think he was Dave. thinking? I got this touchdown. This was great. It's, it's, it's almost like the Homer Simpson whoop, 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 when he's like Here it spinning is. around he's the like, ground. I'm, just, I'm going back down. How about that? Yeah, that's a 25-yard penalty right there. <laughs> oh, good stuff. <laughs> well done, Mike. Our thanks to today's guests, Harvey Longy and Sean Olmstead. Our conversation continues on all our social media platforms. Check them out all day long. For Dave, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Michele Iremia. See you after, for after further review and BYU football at Kalani Sitake tonight on the BYU TV app. Go Cougs.